Welcome to another episode of Terrell Paranormal Talk, where we discuss all things supernatural, weird, and unexplained. Join us for discussions on UFOs, ghost stories, paranormal investigations, strange monster sightings, psychic skills, and places of high strangeness. I'll leave you to one of our esteemed investigators hosting today, and perhaps you will leave a little wiser and a little closer to having your curiosity satisfied. We hope you enjoy today's show. Hey guys, Brenda Newby here along with my partner in crime. Hello, I'm Mary Jo. So hello, Mary Jo. Good to see you again. I also call her by her alias, which is Mom. So if you hear that periodically, you'll know why. We are here today with a guest. I can't think of a better way to start off this podcast. I am really, really thrilled that you're here. Thank you. Um, Her name is Joy Snyder. And before I give her background and, and, you know, tell you that she's here to talk about her cool new book, I have a story I'm going to tell about you. I'm going to tell on you a little bit. I don't think she'll mind. And there's there's reasons. So, Okay, nobody likes airport security, right? Right. It's like the airport would not be half as bad if it wasn't for airport security. So even if you're like the best person, you have the best intentions, you don't have a bomb, you don't have a gun, you don't have a small exotic animal in your purse. So try to pull through airport security. And I may not be telling this story exactly right, but it's what I remember. So she's noticing that they're looking at her funny. And she's kind of going, okay. What's that? And then they start talking about her. They're like, is that her? Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's definitely her. Yeah, that's the girl. That's the lady. And why, I'm sure, I mean, I would be flipping out. And then one says, yeah, she was the one that sang White Rabbit. So all I can say is that I am dying to hear your rendition of White Rabbit. <laughs> Because it must be awesome. It was memorable. Do you remember that Facebook post? I do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is it somewhat similar to the story that? Yeah. It was actually um, okay when you when we were going in through Scotland on the cruise ship, and they uh-huh. had uh, we didn't know that the um, they make you do a face to face passport inspection, okay. and for some reason we showed up first. And when I walked in, they're like, oh, there she is. These great Scottish accents, too, you know. That's the one. My husband and I were the first ones there. So I was like, oh, no. Through that, You never expect government officials to be chatty or friendly. I'm just, and I, I like to chat, obviously. But I was like, in that context, I'm just like, here it is. Look at it. But then and they were like, oh, she's the one. Oh, yeah, that's suddenly her. And I'm like, what have I done? I'm going to be detained or something. <laughs> and, and no, they were just all, oh, we, we heard you, heard you the other day. You know, they had this great, I loved your wasn't version, this version of White <laughs> Rabbit. I added it to Spotify, you know, immediately. And I'm like, oh, oh, you, you guys were there? Because we, it was so funny too, because the first day on the ship, um, Larry and I had showed up for karaoke and there were like four, four people there and there were these shadowy figures back at the bar they, now I know it was the immigration officers and they were joking and they were like how we were undercover and I'm like oh my gosh you heard us because we thought oh let's just try songs that we don't really know and and like I tried White Rabbit and I had a blast with it now it's like in my web- repertoire brought that story up the reason because <laughs> it was so quirky and it was so fun. And I had noticed that, I mean, and that's just 
the kind of person you are. You're fun. You you see humor and things that maybe most other people would notice it. But when you bring it up, you're kind of like, yeah, that is pretty funny. And you bring that forth in your book. Your yeah. books are anything but dry. They're fun. And um, you see your personality in them. And it's, it just makes for great, interesting, fun reads. Can I tell well, that, her? That, that means a lot to me because when I do write books, I mean, I will read some pretty dry research. Yeah. I'll read some very boring stuff. But I don't, my books are not meant to be, make you feel like, oh, there will be a test later. I might yeah, right. it. I, 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 if anything, I want you to feel like, oh, this subject isn't as boring or as intimidating. Like I'm thinking of cemetery symbolism specifically. I really didn't want it to, my book isn't supposed to make you go, wow, isn't she smart? No, it's, it's meant to make you go, oh, wow, this is interesting and not as boring as I, I might have thought it was. And now, in fact, I kind of want to learn more. And I've actually been invited to do a cemetery uh, tour at an old poor farm. And so I'm going to be taking some of that material that you've presented. So thank you for doing my work for me. I love it when people do that. I I get emails from um, people who work at historic cemeteries. I like there was one of my favorite is in Highgate in England. It's in London. It's a gorgeous cemetery. And one of the cemetery guides there said, she emailed me and said, thank you. I, I love your book. I, I use it. It's been helpful for my cemetery tours. And I'm like, that's really makes me excited. I love it when people are actually using the book. One time I was at that History Haunts and Legends conference and this lady uh-huh. came up her book. She goes, would you sign my copy? I bought it online. I'm like, fine. And so I didn't buy it here. And she pulls out this copy and it was just mangled. Like it had, it had like a highlighter pen and like on it, like coffee stains. And she's like turning red. And I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me about this. She goes, well, I, I forget what her job was, but it required driving around on country roads all the time. In Texas, uh-huh. I look for those green cemetery signs and I just check them all out. And now I keep your book in my, uh, in the glove compartment. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so like, she emails me if she finds something that's not in the book, you know, and I'm like, oh, because I'm continuing learning more. And really, I love my books to be a conversation with people. And that's another reason I don't want them to be all stuffy. I want people to feel, oh, I could approach her and ask. And I love it because I learn so much from my readers or we learn together because sometimes we're both stumped. And then I have a, a few people and we all try and figure it out. That's that's great. That's great. Well, I'm I'm gonna actually officially introduce you. You're a world traveler. <laughs> Eden Home is a travel destination. Um, yes. you've been featured on Coast to Coast AM, which is so impressive. Life Hack, WFAA, the National Museum of Funeral History. We'll have to talk about that later. Um, the Cult of Weird and many, many others. You live in a goth tiki castle. I've seen photos of your house, I love it on Facebook. And you call your son, uh, your husband, a mad scientist. He's a mad scientist. He used to teach chemistry. He's had all sorts of careers. He even had a bird shop. He's he's done wedding photographer, but but he loves to make things. He can fix just about anything. Totally not my very different skill set, but we actually have a, a laboratory in our house where he, he created a full-signed version of uh, Robbie the Robot, if anyone remembers that show. Um, that was a very, I didn't know about it, but that was like really the first serious science fiction movie. But um, we watch, like if you watch Young Frankenstein or any show that has a mad scientist lab, all the equipment you see in the background 
ground we have he makes it like we have a tesla coil and he made it. we have a Wimshurst machine which i didn't even know what that was we have a van de Graaff generator the thing makes your hair stand on end we have all those goodies so once or twice a year we try to have a party where people come over and we give a little tour of his lab and he can play around now that he's retired but he and he, he makes all sorts of crazy stuff he makes yep. so it's just funny he, he's just very creative but it really is like if he's too quiet i get a little nervous or he likes to explode things. I mean, like a lot of guys, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, even as a woman, I like to blow shit up. Let's <laughs> I'm like, all right. You also have a cabbie cat that you picked up during your travel. Obviously you sing karaoke. We know that now. And okay. <laughs> what is a poi ball? Am I saying that? Oh, poi ball. Yeah. I threw that in there. You know, I kind of changed up my bio every now and then I sure. decided to make myself sound more interesting. I realized, well, I really enjoy a, a strange little habit like most people have learned something practical in their life like how to knit or sew for some reason I grew up I learned how to wheat wheat because we live by a wheat field so it was cheap to get the leftover I guess we were being thrifty but we make I can I can weave stuff great you know how, how practical is that the other thing I could do is I took Polynesian dance when I was a teenager oh, okay and one of the things the styles that we learned was uh, Maori dancing which is the tribes from New Zealand and they do a thing, it's really fun. They, they mine, um, poi is a kind of vegetable and they make these balls on the end of sticks. And I mean, of sticks of yarn and, and you can do, you can make them do all sorts of uh, patterns like through the air. It's, it's like juggling except it's stuck on a stick and it can be really pretty. Oh. Uh, and, so our, mine do not have veg. Mine are made with toilet paper or whatever, but I have some that glow in the dark that I bought during the pandemic. because I thought this is, it's actually, it's really fun but you actually can get exercise doing it. And that's kind of yeah. the only way I can get myself to exercise is to fake my trick myself. And, and you know, I'm just asking for the sake of your neighbors. You don't do this <laughs> in the back, right? You do this fully closed while you're out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But they, they can't see there's a fence, although they can't, they can't hear our karaoke. We do cut it off, you know, early. We try not to, sometimes we like to sing in the summer. We do sing karaoke in the backyard. We do warn the new neighbors. <laughs> Um, and this references your website and towards the end of the podcast, just so it's fresh on our listeners' mind, I'm going to have them tell you where they can get your book and everything. Oh, okay. You do have your own website at twicenighter.com. And I'm going to spell that because it's such, it's a, a beautiful and exotic name. It's twi, T-U-I, Snyder, N-S-N-I-D-E-R.com. <laughs> and I'll make sure to put that in our show notes as well. So that okay. people can visit that as well as the link store they can get your new book, as well as your other books. Um, I have to tell you, your new book is called, why don't you um, tell us what it's called? And then I have yeah. a story and then I'm going to let you um, roll with it a little bit more because I want to know where where this insatiable sense of curiosity came from that you've <laughs> been able to find such uniqueness in the world because that's a perspective so few of us hold. And I, I really admire that. But um, back several years ago, I signed me and my friend up. If you're my friend, there's kind of this whole standing thing. It's like, I call you and say, I signed you up for this, whether you want to or not. You're doing it. And it was a a scavenger hunt of downtown Dallas. And it was all done on foot. Uh, We could take the plane, but otherwise we did it all on foot. And I can tell you that from what I've been able to read in your book, not one of the things that I saw was in your book. So it was like, I thought I saw cool things and she's got this plethora of 
incredible things that I missed while I was there. So tell us about this great new thing that you've put forth. It's an adventure. It's a it's a reason to grab your friends and get out of the house and say, let's go. I've got something planned. <laughs> oh, I love I love that you do that. How fun. Well, the book here I'll just hold up. It's called DFW Scavenger. Yes. And um, I took all the photos on it, but they designed the cover. And I love what they came up with. It is so neat. Spiral Bound, which Spiral. I think is really publisher did that. I would love to know how to do spiral bound on the things that I yes. self-published because I think that's and if awesome. You're, if you're actually using this. <laughs> yes, it's very usable because that's what you do. So I didn't come up with this idea. Um, Reedy Press came up with the scavenger hunt idea um, during the pandemic. They wanted things that people could do even if the, like you can go to any of the neighborhoods here and let's say you go on a Sunday and it's a uh, everything's closed. I should explain, this is, and DFW stands for Dallas-Fort Worth. So there are 27 different neighborhoods. Some, a bunch are in Dallas, a bunch are in Fort Worth. But then I also included 10 historic uh, courthouse towns because we have such great ones in Texas, places like Waxahachie, McKinney. Yeah. And so any out, I wanted to, but they were like, they were kind of reining me in, but I was I like, I have to. I do have mineral wells in my paranormal Texas and in, um, I do have rock wall though in this one, which is funny. And there's a little map at the beginning. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to be going through, you know, why don't we pop over to, you know, Dallas or Fort Worth. And so I, it lists all the different um, areas you can go to. And then it has this kind of map, like an overview map of where they are. Um, but then, so let's say you pick a neighborhood you're going to go to, you turn to the page and there's a little description that tells you just a little about that neighborhood, like like the West End Historic District. I just have a, a short yes. paragraph telling you kind of what happens there and what that's all about. But then you will see uh, you will see like a little photo, and they 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 cropped them so you can't tell exactly what it is most of the times. And then there's a little poem that's four lines long, little, you know, little rhyming clues. Yeah, it was so fun. I went to each of the neighborhoods and I just ran around. I tried to make it walkable. There were some neighborhoods I couldn't include because they just weren't walkable enough. So, and there, you know, you can walk with your friends and along the way, you know, you can underneath the clue, then you read it, you try to figure it out and then you can write it. There's space to write it as you figure it out. It's so fun. And the thing about it is, hopefully along the way you're going to discover things like let's stop here and eat or I didn't know this restaurant was you know here um like I said you can go there um when everything's closed and be outside if, if you know we had another lockdown you can still use the book um and it is family friendly I do have a couple like saloons or bars yeah. that are 21 in nightclubs the thing is you don't have to go inside I, I focus on the cool doorknob right. or the neat statue above or just something down below um so it's a real fun in that regard I, I it's just a even though I didn't come up with the concept I felt like Reedy with their scavenger series it really is right up my alley with what I do curiosity were you born this way or did you have an event that just said oh you know this is really cool and check this out and then you kind of went down a rabbit hole which is the, kind of what I did with paranormal investigation, you know. It was like, I really don't believe, but oh, look at this. And the next thing you know, I'm spiraling down. What, what oh, happened for you? 
Yeah, a lot of research projects are like unraveling a sweater. Like some ideas, um, you know, I'm really fascinated by the 1897 uh, airship sightings here in Texas. But that started off as I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. Uh, Ten years later, I'm still researching it and I'm working on a book. So, yeah, I got because I discovered so much when I started researching it. I discovered so many accounts in the newspapers. But as for how I got into this, I grew. I always lived in little college towns. That's because my parents would work for the university. And so, you know, I lived in Virginia, West Virginia, you know, most of the time up in Washington State and small towns, though. And I didn't, you know, I, I became when you live in a small town and I didn't realize this until I went to college in Seattle, you just grow up, me and my friends, we would come, we had to find fun things to do. We yes. had to create yes. scavenger hunts and things for ourselves. We had to really look at where we were at because we didn't have the money and, and cool things weren't coming to us. My epiphany when I went to Seattle is college, I realized oh, my, I could tell the friends who grew up in smaller towns versus the ones that grew up in big city places because the ones who grew up in the big city, as soon as they were out of money, they were like, gee, I don't know what to do now. And I'm like, okay, number one, we were always out of money. And number two, uh, you know, we're from a small town. So like one time my friends and I were like, let's see how many rooftops we can climb up onto downtown. Oh, like how many are accessible? You were urban like, exploring before it was a thing. We were, we were like, and, and we would just make weird things up like that. Let's just go down. And I don't know, we would just, so I'm used to kind of really, let's just really look at where we are. We're right here. Yeah. What is that statue all about? What? And you can discover so many things like, no matter where you live in the world, it's exotic to somebody else. People think that, yeah, to travel, oh, I have to have gotten onto a plane, flown to a town that I can't pronounce, and then I'm I'm traveling. Wait, that's why I say even home is a travel destination, because if you really look around, there's going to be interesting things. Thank well, you for reminding us <laughs> that the stuff in our own backyard is still alien to us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I love to travel the world. and I've been to some amazing places, but when I come back to Texas, I'm just as excited. I'm like, oh, God, I want to go see Rock Wall. There's that weird, mysterious rock wall structure there. Let's get into that a little. So you're a transplant from where exactly? Uh, well, when my husband lured me to Texas, I was living up in Washington State. <laughs> okay, okay. So you're in Texas now, and Texas yeah. is like its own thing. Oh yeah, Texas is its own. It's like my favorite country kind of thing. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's oh, I seriously used to feel like I should be getting my passport stamped every time I come I to visit. And you know, it was so funny because when I first read Unexpected Texas, I was just a few pages in, and I'm like, "Oh, she gonna piss some people off." <laughs> but, you know, I I'm all about the truth, and I'm all about what is real. And you brought to light. And things that I didn't know, and you know, of course, people do get mad sometimes at uh, research. I yeah. do, and but, I'm like, don't kill the messenger. I just looked it up for you. Yeah, I, you know what? And, and that was something else because I, I looked at you, and what the word that comes to mind is investigative reporter. Oh, I love that. Like <laughs> you're an investigative reporter, and I wondered if you had had any background in that because truly, that's what you're doing. So I know something that there was something Mom was real curious about. My introduction to you and your writing was through the cemetery symbols. But now I understand a little more why you may have taken that path, but I'm really interested in how you focused on that for that time and, and perhaps where some of your resources were. 
investigative reporter thing. My dad was a journalist and a for agricultural publications, and he's a he's an editor. I always wanted to write. My parents wanted me to be a chemical engineer. That's another thing. So I, I, I mean, it was just not me. But growing up, if I were, you know, how kids tell a story like, oh my gosh, today at, at school, Karen was saying blah, blah, blah. He'd say, well, did Karen really say that? Or are you paraphrasing? And I'm like, oh. And so I, early on, I was just trained to know, to, to know even inside myself, people versus when I was actually quoting them and to know, and he was, you know, just kind of, I kind of got journalistic training in a way from him. But for many years, I didn't have anything published. I wasn't even writing for magazines. And somehow people could just sense that I was good at spelling and whatever. People would bring things into, I was a a barista for years and people would bring things in and go, Hey, um, like I I would end up, uh, editing things for people that be like, could you edit this for me? I'll, I'll do this or that for you. And I'll pay you a little bit. I'm like, sure. For me, it was relaxing, like editing someone, I editing my, my own stuff is no fun, but editing someone else's stuff is kind of like relaxing. I do that at night. Oh, great. I'll talk into your mass. I did a ladies masters. It's just a barista. I don't know. I didn't even have a, a card up saying hello. It's just people somehow knew. It's just like, I bet you yeah. can edit. Yeah, I do that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's the Mothman t-shirt. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. It says, I'm a cool editor. That's what the Mothman t-shirt says. I guess so. I'm an editor, but I'm cool. <laughs> yes, and, and the rest of the question you were asking about how uh, sources and things for cemeteries. Yes. Yeah, this whole cemetery thing, it is interesting. Well, I have a tremendous bookshelf of cemetery books books about cemeteries and, and about symbolism in general, but they uh-huh. are, a lot of them, for some reason, people make symbols books and they're like this big, you know, and they're this thick. And if you dropped it, you'd, you'd, you could break a toe. So like I wanted something and they, and they go about, um, it's much, they don't just focus on symbols. I mean, cemeteries a lot of times. So I have a, a big library of that. I also, uh, I talk to cemetery caretakers whenever I run into them I ask them for information a lot of times they're oh I bet they know so much they they will know just little bits and bobs but a lot of times they're like oh when I was writing my book they were like oh I I need a book like that I'm like oh okay I'm glad someone wants to read it yeah you know now when I give talks people come up afterwards and tell me things and so there's certain like uh you know the those are you familiar with those white bronze monuments that are metal that um you can go up and tap them and they're metal yeah. well yeah so people i had always heard that people would hide booze in those during prohibition <laughs> and i thought you know that's the type of thing i can never find a definitive like you hear stuff that, that seems cool but you don't know if it's true giving talks about cemetery symbols people came up and told me examples of that and i've since come across actual okay so now i'm confident that that did actually happen but um then also mason's that's it. I, I talk about Masonic symbols sometimes. The funny thing is they will contradict each other. So I will have said That's something and, and afterwards a person will come up and go, oh, you got that wrong. And another person will be like, yeah, you got that right. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not out to offend anyone. People do sometimes get mad oh, at me yeah. for, the, for the research I do. I mean, I have, yeah. I have, I've done some research. And I'm like, okay, you know, now I, now I know to expect it. But when you first do, you're right. like, oh, I found this out and this out. And then someone responds really mad at you. You're yeah. like, I, all I did was go to the library or, or looked in this research archive and this is, yeah, don't, I have been that as well. I just just from one person to another who who because I give a historical uh, historical oh, yeah, on it yeah. goes for in Terrell. So I get a lot of that too. I get a lot of there are no tunnels under Terrell. Well, I stood in them. 
So yeah, there are. Oh, you know the feeling. And people. So it's, you're not going to make everybody happy. And as long as you're acting with integrity and you are confident that your source is correct in what it's reporting, you know, and if it's hearsay, I always say, you know, now this is what I've heard. I can't tell you if it's true or not, but the rumor is. So uh, yeah, there's know, a few because some of those are just so fun. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. there's a really fun explanation for that. Now I yeah. don't have anything to back it up. I'm going to tell you because I just think it's funny. You know, I'll share it. Yeah. Okay, but, and you know, I- sharing that with us is incredible. And we yeah. are so appreciative of it. Here, you've written 10 books, right? And 12 or something. Apologies. And then a couple are just ebooks and yeah, but so somewhere I really actually, that's something I should put on my to-do list. How many books have you actually written? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know now. <laughs> I'm confused. Well, keep writing. That's all I can say is yeah. please, why keep writing. Tell us where our listeners or viewers can find your books. They're all available on Amazon. Uh, I do have some available in some local venues uh, throughout North Texas. So, and if you have a favorite bookstore or library, yeah, feel free to tell them, you know, ask them to carry my books. There's a, a website you can go to and see how many uh, libraries carry your books. I love libraries. I always, I always had so many overdues. I feel slightly guilty every time I give a library <laughs> talk. I always want to try to give a little gift to the librarian to make up for it. But um, I, I'm in, <laughs> currently I'm in, I think, 79 libraries last time I checked, including Australia and New Zealand, which made me very scary book. But in general, I would say go to Amazon or go to my website. It's just Tui Snyder, just my name, T-U-I, and then S-N-I-D-E-R.com. Well, and I'm going to purchase a- some books from you. If we can talk about a wholesaler, right? I'll purchase sure. a few from you. I do. I'm going to carry them as well. So uh, by the time this awesome. podcast is out, people will be able to come to our store online and purchase them as well. And um, Oh, wonderful. And I do have some books that I think are really good for ghost hunters. Uh, right. you know, my Paranormal, Paranormal Texas is one mm-hmm. where I... I tell you the history behind the places and uh, and a few, I actually share some of my experiences too, because it turned out readers wanted to hear those. I went on a lot of paranormal, um, like I got, you know, lots of, you got to go to that dollhouse museum. I know you would love that haunted dollhouse. Are you a paranormal investigator as well? I go on them. I I wouldn't call myself one. I I have a cup. I have, yeah, Yeah. I have a, well, I go for research. I, I, uh, Mm -hmm. when I was writing Paranormal Texas, I thought I better go on some paranormal investigations. So I contacted Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of, paranormal teams and the mm-hmm. first one I went on was just awful they they abandoned my friend and I in a in the in a oh. scary part of town at one in the morning and then these drunk guys came to the we were the only ones in there we were going to stay overnight sure. I mean the, the whole group everybody just left and we paid to take part of this it was like my first time on I was like I, I'd seen the things on tv I'm expecting something it was very different so then I discovered these two Sorry, yeah, uh, paranormal I'm glad I did because now I tell people and I really warn people when I give talks because they come all bright-eyed and they just want I'm like look vet the team don't yeah. just anybody it's not like, like yeah. you know anybody can call themselves this as I found out the hard way and my friend luckily yeah. we, we stuck yeah. away we, we survived our own stupidity but now um, there are two teams I really like. I like um, Rip Paranormal from Granbury. And that they're very organized. He's ex-military and it kind of shows like, like they really, they set up everything so great. They're very, very um, good. And then Bex, Ghost Hunters. I've been on some, a couple investigations with her and they are just, a, they're a hoot. She's a really nice mixture of being very organized as well. 
Like uh-huh. everybody always, I like to be on a, when I'm on an investigation, I'm like, you want to know where every single person is. So if you hear a thump, okay, is it you or not? But so I have been on some really wonderful um, investigations with, uh, with those two teams in particular, uh, like at the old park hotel, there was uh, some sort of doppelganger. It was impersonating me. That was really weird. I have a, a thing on YouTube about it. I do have a YouTube channel going to my web page and I'll and probably the link they can find that. Okay. To East Snyder into YouTube and it, it should come up. Um, and I have certain, um, like I do cemetery tour projects. I did one uh, with Austin's cemeteries recently. Anyway, I know I'm talking on and on. I'm just- and I just want to remind our listeners, we will make sure that we link to that YouTube channel as well in our show notes. So it'll be easy for them to find. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I will have revamped my website again. So, you know, every, about every year or so I revamp it. And I thought, yeah, it's about due. So hopefully I revamp that every two weeks. So you're doing very well. Woo! Man, we're good. <laughs> You're, you're doing what you need to be doing. And that's writing those books and getting those out. Yes. So so I'll, be, I'll be contacting you and Ooh. seeing if you want to do a dual book tour. Oh, that'd be fun. You know, you should take it to History, Haunts, and Legends, maybe. And I, I, I will share. Oh, you do? Okay. And I will share something about it on my newsletter, too. Maybe some, well, thank some more you very readers. much. That's, that's kind of you. Um, do you have aspirations, uh, uh, curiosities about your next venture. And if I could plug something just in your ear, I would love to see you do a Monsters and Cryptids of Texas. Yeah, you know, I hardly feel qualified, but they are, I, I am fascinated by that. And uh, I am, I mean, I grew up in Bigfoot country and the boy I had a crush on it when I was 12 was the fella who brought in a Bigfoot cast. Because his, his mom was dating, his mom was dating a Bigfoot, you know, investigator. Pretty exciting. I mean, I thought that was neat. So and here's a funny fact, because you know how they say everything's bigger in Texas, right? <laughs> Texas Bigfoot is actually shorter than Pacific, than Washington State Bigfoot. And of course, Lake Worth, we, I live right by Lake Worth, and there was a Lake Worth monster. And I've met people uh-huh. who were living here during that time. So it could happen. You know, it could happen. I used to make fun of all the cryptids in Texas. But what happens is a lot of times the things I make fun of then end up fascinating me. <laughs> so now I'm kind of curious about the whole goat man phenomena. And yeah, it could happen. I definitely want to, I have a book simmering about the 1897 UFOs in Texas. And I have a, a whole, I have a whole folder of, uh, because every year at Halloween people, you know, I get emails and throughout the year, people mistake um, the, a pentagram that they see on a headstone. They think it means that, you know, grandma was a witch. That was like an email I actually got. Was grandma, is my grandma a witch? So I really looked up, has there ever been anyone accused of witchcraft and, and hung? You hear, you've probably heard these stories too. There's a witch's grave. She was hung, stuck or burned or whatever, done something horrible and then buried. I looked through all the newspaper archives that I could and, and other historic research, you know, and looked and looked and I could not find one case of someone being accused of witchcraft. However, what I did find a ton of were cases involving voodoo and so I've got a file and it's not organized and I don't have it worked out in my brain yet what kind of projects it's going to end up being but there were like murder cases where voodoo was implicated or they suspected and blah 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 I'm like voodoo I don't know much about it I'm hardly an expert but now 
you know, I have these little research piles. Um, uh-huh. And that is one is like the, that one's starting to gather momentum. I'm like, oh, that one's kind of maybe that's going to. That would her. be absolutely and fascinating. I, I never know which one. They sort of all these little research things I do, they kind of simmer. And, and, and yes. one, one will just be like, you know, write me now. I don't know if you know this, but I just was going to let you know if I can ever be of assistance. I'm a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network. So if I can ever help you, don't hesitate yes. to call me. And if, if I can help you, great. If I can't, I can probably find somebody who can. Um, if I can provide you with some resources, um, I'm happy to do that. Oh, that uh, is awesome. I would, yes. And if I ever see anything, I'll definitely tell you. <laughs> Voodoo is absolutely fascinating. And I think those dark, scary, it's that stuff that we don't understand, that we don't know about, that really draws people in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet it's, I mean, all your books seem to be a hit. I bet that would be just absolutely, I, I would pre-order it. I'm pre-ordering <laughs> it now. <laughs> and that's exciting about you and the uh, MUFON. Oh, yes. I just got involved and I just, I've been in the, as a matter of fact, last weekend I was in the desert chasing UFOs for four days. And wow. met a man who is an astronomer and I took astronomy in college and it was all chemistry and I actually have some biochemistry background, you know, so you think that it would have been okay, but it was like, no, what happened to astronomy? And this man actually made astronomy sexy again. (laughs) My husband used to be the uh, planetarium operator at the Fort Worth Museum. Talk about sexy. He gave me a private star talk one time. Just me and him. He he did the whole thing and he he walked me through the universe. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And whenever we go camping or we're out anywhere, anytime we travel, he always, he has this little special laser that he can point, you know, very carefully, not at any aircraft, but he he can point out, he can point out the stars because it's hard to point them out. So it's really wonderful. Oh, wow. You just, you, you have so much going on. That is so exciting. I cannot wait to see what you come up with next. And I'm hoping that you sell a million books because I think you're a fool to not buy this book, especially if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah, you can combine. You can combine the ghost one with with the scavenger hunt one. You can have so much fun because a lot of the same towns are covered. You could just go and really have a good time. When I buy some, I'm going to sell them as a package. You might like some of these. I have ghost hunter journals. They're for people to record. They're, these are just journals. I explain a little bit about how to be polite, you know, yeah. and then I have space to write your field notes because it is so important to write them down and people don't. But when you do, oh my gosh, you look back and you can connect dots that you would not have seen. And that's yeah. how I find some funny things. Like I, I found that several of the places in North Texas there are ghosts that have a similar name. Like when you, when you get someone coming through your spirit box or this or that. And I went through, I was just kind of going through my messy notes. I didn't have them all tidy like this. Cause I tend to really go on. And I discovered that for some reason in North, North Texas, there are a lot of ghosts named Steve. There's a Steve at Goatman's bridge. There's a Steve at Rogers hotel. There's the Steve. I'm like, what's the deal with Steve? So my brother's name is Steve. And I told him, you know, Steve, when when you're done with this world, uh, there's a place for you in Texas, I'm sure, because I've met so many, I've met so many phantom Steves. <laughs> That's incredible. So, um, okay, so let me ask you this: throw our listeners just a few little jewels of what you have found that you thought were particularly interesting in this DFW scavenger. 
so many interesting things, little tidbits. Well, like when I was researching a certain building, I won't tell you which one, uh, people were worried about them building this building because it was, I think, you know, seven stories high, people. Uh, and they were worried that the shadow that it cast was going to disrupt weather patterns and make people, you know, go a little bonkers. So that was very fun. I discovered some uh, of this strange pyramid that's near a, a downtown area. I don't want it's, this. It's kind of a mysterious pyramid. Like, I think people I talked to people locally and they're like, they didn't know that was there. It's you kind of have to look for it. I thought that was an unusual thing. I found a barber shop that's been in the exact same place since 1892. Wow. Oh my gosh, what else did I find? I found um like I found some real mysterious time capsules that you walk by. Uh if I found a place where they buried some newspapers for certain reasons. I just weird little things buried here and there that you walk right by that are historic artifacts. You wouldn't even know were there. Gosh, it was a lot of fun things that I discovered and now I'm blanking. But I mean <laughs> This was geocaching out of the water. It is kind of like, yeah, I tried to include things like that. And, you know, I, I did things where like I, I include, I use words so that if you went with, I kind of envisioned families going on this. So maybe right. there's a young one who maybe isn't that great of a reader yet or, you know, different ages. And so like I use words, I'll, I'll say like haberdashery or something instead yeah. of hat store. Yeah. And, and in that way, you know, mom and dad can know something that the kids don't. But then I have some things that maybe the kids, kids will know that the adults will be like, what? You know, it, it was fun working. You're really thinking it through and making sure that everybody felt included. That is, yeah, that, that I want everyone to feel included um, and just to find things that you would just otherwise be walking by. I'm, I'm looking at it right yeah. now. I had a lot of fun with it's it. Enough for kids and adults to connect nowadays because, you know, I don't yes. know about you, but I was a child of the 80s and the 90s growing up. What I know then, and I look at my kid and he's a Gen Z, the language is different, the technology is different, everything is different. So it looks like you really, you really work hard to connect those two worlds. Yes, I love the idea of people of different ages just going out and having fun together, whether it's in a cemetery, believe it or not. I Because I have that one book of Six Feet Under Texas that takes you to all sorts of cool cemeteries like one that has two oil wells or but these are the ones that would be fun to go to and actually walk through with your family and like one of my favorite emails I ever got from someone was a gal who said that she had her nephews come stay with her for spring break and she was a little nervous but she used paranormal texts to take them around so she goes they were learning history but you know to them we were seeing all these haunted places but she she was excited and then she was kind of so they kind of met halfway they were into ghosts she was more into history but the two came together and they were able to have a fun time as a family. I spent a decade as a Boy Scout leader and adventure. Oh, wonderful! And uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but there are um, certain merit badges that even our tour can help them achieve. It's like a historic. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think there's two merit badges where they could knock a lot of those things off their list just by doing our ghost tour. So oh, wow. the Boy Scout leaders out there and now the Girl Scout leaders, this might be a really good place to start and get them active and not, they won't realize they're, you're knocking <laughs> off those achievements. You know, I gotta say for the Boy Scouts of America, and I was a Girl Scout, I was a campfire girl. I always wanted to be a Boy Scout because it seemed like they were doing a little more, out. I wanted to do them all. I go to tons of 
cemeteries, as you know, and I often see uh, Eagle Scout projects or just Boy Scout troop projects that um, there will be a little bench in the or an area. And a lot of little sometimes Boy Scout troops will adopt a historic cemetery that's been neglected or someone for their Eagle Scout project will clean up an area. And so they do a lot for cemeteries. This is just me observationally. I've yeah. seen as I've gone all over America um, that that's kind of cool. I, maybe the Girl Scouts, I think it would be cool. They should do. Oh, I have come across some Girl Scout troops doing it. I, for some reason, I tend to be more Boy Scouts that I run into. But I think it's just as good opportunity for Girl Scouts. And so, you know, if they could get hold of my cat. What is your cat's name? Oh, her name is Miss Otis. But I call her all sorts of little nicknames. Otis. We have a medical rescue right now. We we do, uh, for the Sigaval Animal Shelter, we uh, take in some of their medical rescues. It's usually a break, and so they've got to be a little more still. And we have one right now. He's a little chihuahua. He's all of four pounds, oh. and they had named him Chalupa. Chalupa. <laughs> they named him, and we're like, Chalupa? Okay, we got to do better. Pablo, after Pablo Picasso. Oh, Pablo I like Escobar. it. Oh, how cute. It's so funny. You know, so, yes, we have fun with our. Uh, animals and and I'm glad to see you're an animal lover because oh I am totally animal lovers are good people <laughs> you know I, I that's one thing too about historic cemeteries they support a lot of wildlife the American Birding Association actually has a, a section they talk about cemetery birding um, awesome. there there I was in a cemetery this um, earlier this year where they had the cemetery association had a sign saying that okay, this, you might think it's messy in some spots because they had, they, but we time our mowing because we have 50 species of solitary bee. We have 11 endangered butterflies. We are on the migratory path for certain birds. And they listed all the wildlife that they're supporting. And Incredible. people don't understand all the life that is supported not by cemeteries, especially. That like is so, so incredible. I never would have imagined. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we wrap up? Oh, no, I just thank you so much for having me. You two are, are a delight. The pleasure is I, ours. I hope we get to go on a, a like a, a paranormal investigation sometime. Let me know if you're in my neck of the you woods. Are always invited. You are always okay. invited. So I will, next time we have uh, something cool, I will make sure to send out an email or give you a call and let yeah, you know. Yeah, do. You and your husband should come and do the Terrell Dust Walk. Yeah, we do. Yes, definitely. I'll put that on my, my list. Very interactive. Oh, I, we would. And it, the funny thing is, my husband, we our nickname for him is Archie Debunker. And he, he doesn't believe in anything. You know, we're t- I basically married Spock. You know what I mean? But he loves to go with me on all of these. Like, I'll ask him, what was your favorite part of the weekend? He'll be like, oh, I think it was the seance in the cemetery. You know, I'm like, what? So he loves going to all yeah. this stuff with me. But he is the, he is the, you know, the, the uber skeptic. You know, having that objectivity is, I think, what can make or break a ghost team is you've got to be objective. And it's kind of like you said, your dad raised you saying, oh. is that what you, you know, because we are preconditioned to kind of have that cognitive bias to oh, yes. make the narrative fit what we want it to when that's necessarily not the case. And so as a team, I know we try to overcome that and we keep each other in check. You know, we try having somebody like your husband along to question things, I think is always really positive. And as far as uh, we don't try to make anybody believe, we're just going to say, hey, come with us. And maybe you'll learn something fun because there's 
great things to learn about the city of Derrick. Oh, I bet. I need to. It sounds it's an exciting town. If I ever get around to updating unexpected Texas, I need to add that into book. And I've got lots of information I can give you that that I've just learned from talking to the wonderful people of the city. Um, because it truly is a wonderful city with wonderful people in it and wonderful history. Um, but it's not so far off. There's still lots of modern amenities. You have got buggies and they've got everything out there. But then there's this chunk of the city that is just amazing. Well, I, I will happily be your guide for Terrell anytime. And you're, you're my go-to. Please, please feel free. Anything else you'd like our, our listeners to know? Um, well, let's see. Oh, I, oh, I should mention, I do have a Facebook group called the Kindred Crypt. And you can just type in Kindred Crypt and you can come in. This is kind of new. It's just that I tend to want to share. I do so much research and I want to share it on Facebook all the time. Yeah, a lot of people like it, but some people are like, oh, good grief. Are you all cemeteries all the time? I started this Facebook group because I thought it would be fun to have. And a lot of there are a lot of cemetery groups out there, but a lot of them focus just on one region. And I do, you know, I belong to the Texas ones, but I wanted it to be because I have people on my newsletter from all over the world. And I wanted it to be a place where we could just kind of, you know, pretend it's like a the corner cafe that we had where you could just share your photos or whatever you think um, or questions yeah just the kindred people um and a crypt sounds a little spooky I just did it and you know put it together and oh let's just put it together and it I've been having a lot of fun with it and I people are starting to get into it so I invite anyone who's listening if they like historic cemeteries and or whatever they're just curious come pop into the kindred crypt um we'll we'll make sure we put a link in we will put a link in for that as well so, okay, in our show notes, so I enjoy following you on Facebook. I'm not on very often, but yeah, I'll catch something from you as it comes up. And I always, I always smile. You always bring me a smile. Well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank so, you very much. Okay, Twy. Uh, once again, uh, you can get her book, DFW Scavenger by Twy Snyder. Amazon, is it in other places other than Amazon? I saw it's actually in Target, believe it or not. Um, okay. It's, um, yeah, you could just type, do the, you could do the title and Amazon is still comes and, out. And there are places, um, more and more stores throughout locally. Texas are carrying it too. Okay. I'm trying to, um, I know you can get it in Granbury at Arts and Letters. You can get it uh, in, um, in Fort Worth. There's a place called the Vending Nut. Places like that. So I'm trying to think. There's other places around where you can get it too. Okay, great. Well, and we're going to carry it as well. So by the time, oh, like, yes. by the time this broadcast, uh, we will have some copies. And so they can go to our website at carolghost.com. Why? It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You guys rock. This was very fun. Well, once again, I always have to plug. There is a listener support on our um, webpage. So if you want to give a little, because it does cost us the money to keep these podcasts going and any help that you want to give. We are so appreciative of. If you don't want to do that, especially if there's a particular episode you like, make sure you hit that share button and you share it with your friends and tell them that you enjoy listening to it uh, because we love new fans. Because without them, we would just be talking to ourselves. And I do that enough. So, <laughs> And as I always say, Mom, do you want to close out for us? Yes, our wrap-up is it's always a great day to talk to the dead. Here, here. Why, thank you so much. 
Give some love by subscribing to our podcast to make sure you get your weekly paranormal fix. We are delighted that you have joined us today. There's plenty more stories and interviews to come. Remember, it is all a good day.